From the home offices of Ash and Flow, this is Unbillable Hours, a podcast about professional services marketing. Stick around and listen to our insights, tips, and best practices to improve your firm's marketing and even your career. Ash, welcome back. Yeah, we're this back. Episode of the Unbillable Hours podcast where i'm reporting live from the home office and i'm tired because it's getting a lot warmer like temperatures will double within a week we had like 16 degrees monday and it will be 30 something sunday so i'm not built for this i'm guessing i don't think you know i don't want to get deep into the weather discussion but it's been weird (laughs) and we're supposed to have like four heat waves before like september starts so that's going to be interesting either way it's not that hot. i mean it is warmer in london at like 28 29 degrees but we're having thunderstorms tomorrow so it's our yeah. i think we will have heat waves but not i think this is not the big one for us i think this is bigger for you guys yeah uh, we are pretty we are pretty elevated here where i live so we're usually fine with the heat waves but it's just the, the sort of the rapid increase that's getting to me anyways yeah. the listeners are probably not here for you and me reviewing the talking weather, about right? the so, weather so, yeah so, like but there you have it people that was the weather no it's <laughs> actually relevant because all these things about weather is like writing yourself oh you know climate change impacts and stuff and right mm-hmm. now we're hitting the middle of the year this is important yeah. in two ways on one level, a lot of companies might have already started, you know, are halfway through their fiscal year or something. But if you work like how we do with a lot of professional services firms, essentially you are coming to the end of your fiscal and you're deep down in planning session. Yeah. The market is changing. Your corporate functions marketing is changing. Lots of moves, lots of things happening. Like the tools that you use are changing. Yeah. With AI being quite heavy, people are worried if they're getting replaced by automation. People don't know the exact state of how things are moving. It's There's a lot of things happening, and especially since firms and professional services are supposed to guide slash lead the way on some elements yeah. for the larger firms, because that's the entire point in management consulting that you help manage these firms, right? This is a time for you to figure out how you manage your marketing, essentially. This is a state of readiness for your marketing or assessing industry marketing. What I mean by marketing within our professional services function, how you go about it, assess the entire state of everything. And yeah, and hello. And we did some of that for you because this is a service-oriented podcast, right? So welcome to this special episode the State of Consultancy Marketing 2023 Mid-Year Review. Trademark. And let's go to Dakota. Yeah, no, but seriously, Ash and I, you and I, we discussed a bunch of, Uh I'm not sure if we can call them trends, just put together a list of stuff we think is going on in the industry. We observe, let's call them observations, right? That's probably good. Observations. We landed on seven and maybe people find those informative, helpful or whatever as they, like you said, move into planning. So, Can I have the first one? Because that's yes. sort of a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. Yes. So despite me actually running a business where we always talk about marketing transformation and how important it is to have a strategic market marketing capability inside your consulting firm, I got to admit, we still have a lot of 
work to do and battles to win because, oh, by and large, it's just my subjective view of the market. I don't know if you agree. Marketing remains a support function. So that's not necessarily news, but I think it's a little bit surprising given the fact that the industry overall seems to be in dire need of some demand, right? We've all read the news about jobs being slashed because firms overhired about demand sort of softening, right? Many firms going from double-digit growth to mid-range single-digit growth, these types of things. So you would actually expect people to ramp up marketing efforts to invest, to try and be a bit more smarter, but I'm not seeing a lot of that yet in the broad market. I certainly do work with a few firms who think this is an opportunity (laughs) to go in and do just that, right? That's where my clients primarily come from. But overall, it's not the case. So I don't know. No, I agree. You on that one. Yeah. No, I agree with you on that. Like, just to add into it, like, just think about, you know, your company, like a band of people doing stuff. You've got like IT being the big support thing at the rear from which everything comes up they're holding up the rear guard you have hr basically supporting all the members moving between moving around the middle you've got legal literally forming the same framework as it but occasionally moving front to protect the firm from all sorts of stuff you have the business and sales way up front like taking on all the day-to-day all the challenges and then you have marketing sometimes often put in the rear, which isn't the ideal place, along with research, these two should mostly be in a center position to support everything. Because you are looking at protecting the reputation of not just your entire firm, but also the functions of your firm, because that's quite important. Because you're looking at, like, if you want to hire talent, which is always an issue, or if you want to let go of talent, you need to make sure that people still want to come to you and they just don't think, all right, I'm done now with this place. If you want to build, you still need people. No matter how much AI, you still need people because we haven't reached the point where AI... Oh, you you need the AI people now. You fire everybody else, and then you need the AI people. I'm exaggerating. But that's the weird situation right now, right? You see, one news item, big job cuts and slashes. Other news item, today, we had a German major business broadsheet report on how all the strategy firms, the top tier strategy firms, and some of the top tier technology firms, I mean, we can mention Accenture here, they've been in the news, are clamoring to get the AI people in. So they let some people go, the rank and file to sort of get leaner and meaner. I think McKinsey made some headlines about restructuring their own operations. But now they're on the other, at the same time, on the other end, there's the spectrum they're hiring this hot, fresh AI talent. So, yeah, so you've, you're totally yeah. right. And I think going back to the overarching point, this is indicative of fundamental shifts in the market. And if I had a firm, oh, all right, I have one, but it's a tiny one. I would want to do one thing, and that is I want to ensure I have a consistent inflow of business opportunities. And I would try to ensure that we're differentiated enough so I have some pricing power. Yeah, so to be, this... to be safe or in a good spot. And by saying that, what I actually mean is I would make, want to make sure that we have some sort of strategic marketing capability. <laughs> I mean, yes. I made that point. Very much not the case across the industry. Or the, yeah, and... I, sorry, I should say the parts of the industry. Yeah, and I don't want to go too much into this point because we got a few others to go through. The key thing is marketing needs to stay strategic. And so it needs to be able to like work with research, see what's coming up and help deal with that while also yeah. helping the business deal with what's the most urgent thing. If you're primarily stuck in the back, just dealing with the most urgent thing, you're not really helping out because guess what? 
uh, what's really happening, if you look at the state of the market, is there's a lot of new platforms, lots of new technologies that are to be used by the marketers and other functions, yeah. as well as there's a lot of change in everything in the way businesses need to be run. If professional services firms need to hold their head in terms of guiding the other companies, because that's what management consulting is, you need to make sure that you invest in these functions in the right way to support the business in the right way. Because if you don't yeah. do it, what essentially happens is you can have lots of AI, you can have lots of automation, but it's not going to be optimized. And ultimately, yeah. it is fine if it's not fine, but I, we are aware sometimes people like to delay projects. A one-year project can be a three-year project, whatever reason. But if you can't get your house in business, you know, in good shape to do this at this particular juncture where all of these changes are happening, you're going to lose trust as well. Because you don't need a bloated function, but at the same time, you also don't need like this unoptimized function. And for the gamers out there, basically, you don't need to be a crisis from 2008 which basically looked amazing but was the most unoptimized code available <laughs> that your gaming was not amazing yeah so moving on to the second point marketing yeah, transformation certain... right flow i know you've got a lot to talk here so i'll let you yeah sorry it's very closely related to the first one so i'm yeah. happy to take this like when we say okay marketing should get a more strategic broader role i'm not saying don't do the tactical stuff i'm saying yeah do more than that, do the strategic stuff as well. So who makes the decision that marketing gets tasked with more strategic things? Well, the owners do, but I time and again meet firms where they're not making that decision, not because they are unwilling mm -hmm. to, just because it's not, they don't think of it as a priority and they have a bazillion million other things on their desk. So I always like to make the case that in they have to make the decision, but I think it's marketing's job to push for the decision being made, right? So the, the initiative for doing a marketing transformation should come from the marketing function itself or the marketing leadership in the firm. And the trend is, or the observation is, I still don't see that happen, right? So yeah. very few marketing teams I meet, and I because of the nature of my business, I, there's bias in here. I meet a lot of those who do, right? But many of who, who do push for change. But most of those I interact with overall are not doing it. And the few that do it, they're struggling. Like, how do we yes. how do you even go about changing and this, this? And how this do we struggle. make the case for it? You know, all these things. And yeah. And this struggle is really important as it as you come into the next point, which is people are obviously being measured for their success and the pressure yeah. to have a successful marketing function as well as a successful yeah. marketing strategy is only growing with all the changes that's happening. Yes, I'm not advocating for massive growth kind of stuff. I'm advocating for much more equitable, manageable growth. But if you suddenly reduce your growth to a by half or, you know, to yeah. a much smaller fraction of what it was, that's not really helpful because what you're essentially doing is, as we see right now, a lot of the attention is moving into AI. For a brief while, we had a lot of attention moving to Metaverse, but a lot of people knew where that was going. But in terms of AI, the no buzz <laughs> is strong. The buzz is strong. The effects are also being seen. And no one really knows 
how this will play out for the marketplace in terms of like talent other than we need to hire lots of ai talent we need oh, yeah, we're hiring our exist now. we need to have and, our existing functions especially marketing dealing with both and yeah. everyone loses their fun- funding as well so yeah, that's it, right? So marketing is expect, expected to deliver, right? The tide's gone out. Everybody can see who's swimming naked, right? Can you create demand now for the firm, fill the pipelines or not? And can you help us bring in the talent you mentioned? Yeah. By the way, we're we're cutting your budget by 50%. <laughs> so yeah, it's always tough. And we always like to complain, don't get me wrong. I do that also about how challenging it is being a professional service marketer, but I think you're right. That's particularly... You're basically episode. in a state of agile optimization. Oh God, yeah. And then I mean, there's the then there's the fourth observation, and that's really and truly not an original one. So we can be quick about it. But as we try to grow demand, as we try to find the 25 people on the planet who actually do understand how to build AIs, I don't know the, the 25 left that don't work on and start and overvalued startups. The channels are getting saturated. Like everybody is now posting content on LinkedIn, and I do see more and more firms trying the TikTok. So uh, it gets dip- more difficult. So not just in terms of expectations and budgets, but also in terms of competition for attention, right? What's out there? Who's out there? And this, we've said it a thousand times, so we can I, we can essentially stop here unless you have another yeah, point. We, but there's an insane push towards quality and towards originality and towards differentiation. Can you say something that makes me stop to scroll or not? So, and again, many of the firms I engage with no offense, and they are the ones submitting it. So I think they wouldn't have a problem. Yeah, let's They're struggling with it. What I'm trying to say right. here, sorry to interrupt, Flo, is basically yeah, sure. that you need to rise above the noise and you need to be making music because guess what? You Everyone's got only a limited number of channels to push into. And we're not just talking about social media channels, events, like content, everything. Everywhere where your share of voice can be heard is filled with all kinds of noise because the companies that control these have to like make sure they get their budgets and their advertising and everything managed so what happens is everyone's talking at the same time you're not hearing everyone so how do you stand out what do you do to make yourself be different and this is where things like usb brand value and everything are additive and you need to you know take a step back is how what i always say before jumping in because guess what it's better to have a sound strategy going back into the whole point that marketing is a strategic function (laughs) rather than just go out there because you want to be out there that's not how you do this which that's we discussed the risk of ai right having people post chat generated linkedin stuff off other irrelevance right just because it's free to be fair to our own industry i'm not seeing a lot of that there are the occasional personal posts where i think jesus and i wrote that but by large the firms seem to be sticking to their guns of creating original thinking by themselves but yeah it's getting more difficult to stop the scroll and uh, i think we we touched a little bit on this in our episode with staffo right who talked about you also need activation place and so forth we are very much at a point where even if your stuff is good just posting is not going to get you there, right? You have to engage, follow up, pull people in, start, like there's a much more active component, I think. Maybe that's worth its own episode, but the pure pull play, as much as we like it and as much as we like the idea, losing its efficacy. I'm not saying it's no longer working, but it's getting more and more difficult by the day. I mean, this was point four, not super original. Point five, 
I think of as being a pseudo controversial because it sounds controversial, but I think everybody who works in our industry knows it's true. Point five is no one's fully digital yet, right? Consultancies it's, lag it's, behind mm-hmm. in terms of digitalization. They also lag behind in terms of digital marketing, even the firms that sell it. And yes, they've all learned to do a bunch of webinars or have a podcast or whatever during the pandemic. But going back to the point of stopping the scroll, it's rare to find firms that have actually nailed the art of creating memorable experiences in digital channels. There's a difference between posting a bunch of stuff and posting stuff that makes me stop scrolling. I do want to caveat here that one of the main reasons here is that digital natives are only starting to get into like senior management positions at this point they're getting into that so we will see a change but the problem is even if you're a digital native doesn't mean you're a strategic person doesn't mean that you're you know yeah you aren't just following the things that have been handed down to you so th- certain things need to change so like your and, point and- earlier flow about webinars is something that everyone does, which is true. It's just like people know how to like copy, you know, files. People can do webinars. What you need to do is like understand how you need to approach a channel, what you need to put in there, how to optimize your yeah. flow and your pipeline yes. so that you can put the right content in the right place at the right uh, time. Yes. And then, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Now, that's an important one, which you said that the flow in the pipeline, because that's the other component of and what we mean when we say they're not fully digital yet, right? Uh, it's not just the quality of the content and stuff that goes out. We've touched upon that, but it's also how digital are the processes, like really, right? Once the yeah. webinar is done, what happens to the people who have attended? My experience shows they are in a spreadsheet and nothing gets done with them, right? This is not exactly <laughs> a digitally optimized customer journey, if you think about it, or a client journey or experience or whatever. Yeah. So there's also tons of gaps in things like processes and the tech stack. And I don't know, I had a very nerdy and detailed conversation this week with someone who was delving deep into the nonsensical shadow IT situation at their firm where they had like four different subscriptions for webinar solutions and sales, sorry, sales, the business and the business development guys used Salesforce for the harder commercial bits, so actual opportunities and then the deals and so forth. Marketing had like HubSpot in front of that. So all kinds of- They're not connected basically, which is a big Um, problem if you're a systems integrating type Well, they were sort of in a hodgepodge way, but that was the part of the discussion is how much sense does it make in the first place, right? Yeah, I I mean- It's a growing structure, of course. Don't want to go too much into details, but these things also exist. And you and I both know- there guys, is... like, if you talk about mid-sized firms, like the clientele I engage with, these guys are super advanced because they have HubSpot and they have Salesforce. <laughs> like, there is one other, other thing I want to add. Barely have a that, CRM. Yeah, one thing I want to add before you jump on, which is essentially that the content that you have in webinars and all the stuff can be then repurposed in other ways. It's not just about the flow, you know, follow through and everything. That's really important. But what usually happens is someone does a webinar, they record it, then they're like, here you go. They don't use that content in any other way other than this exists, which is kind of like a stupid way to do marketing because if you build content, try to repurpose it in the right ways possible before you just decide to ditch it and go for the next shiny thing. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Do you want to take no. the sixth one as well, which sort of flows on the fifth? But I think well, yes, because you calling out separately. Yeah, because you basically made the point about like you know the Excel spreadsheets of like information stuff. <laughs> it, it, it's essentially like data, right? There is an issue with data. It's tricky. Like there's a lot of data, but there's also not a lot of data. There's a lot of regulations yeah. that people need to com you know comply with, and all of those things are really important. But in terms of a lot of data and not a lot of data, here's the thing. There's a lot of information for the human mind to sift through and lots of stuff that you need to use that people sometimes get overwhelmed. Like what ha happens is someone goes to an event, they get like 100 leads or whatever. Someone doesn't decide to put all of it into system. Someone doesn't optimize and tag and everything. These are the kind of things that you can relevantly use AI for to like help come up with the kind of process that you can do it, which makes a person's job simpler. It doesn't, it's not a replacement. It's nothing, it's basically support. Yeah. The other thing at the same time is that AI doesn't have enough data to generate the kind of models that it needs to do. So that we are getting to a point where there's not enough data. So on one hand, you have a lot of data that you struggle with and figure out what to do. It just reminds me of the situation that banks used to face about 10 years ago, essentially, where they had all this user you know, customer data coming into the sites and not knowing anything to do with it. Now they feed into AI and once they fed into AI and AI gives all these information. Yeah. Which or rather insight, which still they don't know what to do with. So essentially you need to do whatever comes, it needs to be tangible. And so AI has AI is not just being used as a source to deplete the data into something and just become more user models and stuff. You need to use it to benefit the functions that you have by yeah. making it into something that can build tangible insights. And this is where we still haven't moved towards. And I think it'll take a little bit of while because people need to be educated on it. And because everything right now is all about like, you know, automating, reducing headcount, replacing stuff. That's not how it operates. Yeah. But people are just looking at the tip of the iceberg and thinking, oh yeah, this is all we can do. And I, I love the two points you made. The first one with there's too much data, not enough data. That's yeah. that is true, right? This is exactly the issue. Like they've all gotten better at handling some data stuff, thinking thinking a bit more about data as they do things. But like just this morning, like I had a client call, and then before hopping onto this podcast, I registered for a webinar, which completely unrelated. But the client call was about, I often do this exercise with clients where we try to find quantifiable outcomes their practice de delivers to clients. So we go back through their most successful pro projects for a year or something. And then we try to find something. We can work. So let's say they do software implementation and they try, they, we try to build a promise around shortening the time to value. Yep. I would like to know of the past 15 projects you've done in that space, how, how much did you shorten the time to value? Maybe against expectations, maybe against benchmark, whatever it is. And it's always very insightful exercise. And it's always still, it's often surprises me how tough it is for all of these firms to figure mm -hmm. this out. So they, have, they don't have enough data to give a good answer to that question off the bat. Fast forward to my webinar registration, 12 form fields in the registration. And now we can have an endless discussion about how many fields to put in your form. That's not my point. My point is, they asked me not just for my country and my phone number. So one of that could go out immediately. They also ask for the county or the state I'm coming from. And privacy concerns aside, my point is about no one in this firm has a plan yet 
what they would ever do with this data point. They're just asking for it because it's free to ask for it. And that's the point of too much data. Unless you have a clear idea to do something with that stuff, why ask for it? And I see this time and again that firms sit on ream of data points with no plan to do anything with it ever. I mean, going back to the webinar and the and the leads and spreadsheets, we know what happens to those, right? Which is nothing much. Like even the core data assets we, we often have in those firms are severely underutilized. I mean, yeah. it, I like feel like I'm losing my, I'm losing the yeah. plot here, but that yeah, was my but I, I'll just I'll like essentially yeah. just add one thing to make sense there is that they're, you, they're sitting on legacy information on legacy forms. Like you don't need some of the information in the channel and things that you're doing. You need to optimize the kind of data that you need. You don't need the county. You don't need all that. How are you going yeah. to communicate with these people? Email, phone, that's basically it because you're not going to see them face-to-face. Now, if this was a live event, you kind of want to know because you want to know how far people are traveling from to get to you and you need to understand like availability of hotels sure. and things i mean if, you know, things if like they that. want to send me a physical christmas card it's fair to ask for the address yeah you're yeah. right but that, that goes back to the point right what you're saying there is you have an idea what you might use this data for i'm not saying the guys who run this yeah, i'm saying they need to think about it don't they have need... either i'm just saying my in my experience usually it's not the case usually they're just you know, collecting I... whatever yeah, they that's... use the default form in the page builder, right? That's exactly that's my point. Thing. It's a legacy yeah, and... stuff that they yeah, use. Yeah, not... yeah, exactly. Okay, that's what you yeah. want the legacy. All right. Yeah, no, yeah, that makes so, sense. So, and that's the whole thing. Like we're touching on to the final point here that AI is making everything more complicated. Yeah, at the moment. My point. At the moment, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah because so far we've told a bit of a story of a increased pressure, tighter budgets, and a little bit of overwhelm, right? And now you're leadership comes in and say, what are you guys doing with generative AI, right? What are we doing? What's the plan? Do something with it, test it, whatever. And uh, I think that's my experience. So that's why we phrase it that way. It makes it more complicated. Of course, the promise of AI is to unlock extraordinary efficiencies, make everybody's life easier, so forth. But the actual operational reality today on the ground is people would need time and a strategy and think space and experiments to figure out how to best put this to use. And they don't have it see all of the points we made above. So, <laughs> so uh, I, this is I, just an additional I, burden on marketing managers' shoulders. Yeah. I'd actually like to say something in this point. What essentially happened right now is marketing of AI has gone into overdrive and it's really created a demand for something that isn't quite there yet. That's the whole thing. The demand is for the promise of AI. That promise of AI doesn't exist in terms of supply. Those are the nexus supply of lots of AI prompt generators, AI like content creating stuff, AI optimizers, efficiency. Basically, the promise of AI efficiency is what needs to have been offered. Instead, they promised what AI's automation and how it can think ahead and stuff like that. So this is where I do want to touch on this point. There are two AI that are being discussed today. One is being discussed by the big think guys in Silicon Valley about intuitive, intelligent AI that can actually come up and do stuff. The other is just dumb AI, as I'd like to call it, which is just an efficiency thing that, you know, if you had to put a person on it, they'd take several thousands of hours to do it. And now this thing can like generate it and come up with something quickly. So what is essentially happening is 
the whole promise of AI touches on the big think guys of like, it will replace people, it's intelligent, and it's all that kind of stuff. But what AI we have in terms of supply is a dumb AI. So which essentially creates a mismatch of supply and demand. The supply is not what is asked for in demand. And not to meet the two at some point, there needs to be a huge leap, a huge jump. But rather than like trying to go into that promise of AI, promise what the AI can do now and what the AI can do in the more interim future. But no one's thinking about it because we still want to talk about futurism. Well, well, I'm not sure. I think I see your point and I do agree, but I think what I would add to it or maybe disagree slightly, I think a lot of, depends on where you are in the organization. But I think if you meet with more senior leadership in more sophisticated firms, and they don't have to be really large, they just have to be, a bit more deliberately informed informed yeah it's yeah. all ai it's these guys are like the leadership they're all AI. and if in my client said there's small firms with like they have 10 people and they're discussing this it's all AI with amongst leadership because they understand it they want to understand is it a threat is it an opportunity to have all these discussions and then there's a disconnect to the managers who run like to run the operations right and these guys and gals to our point making it more complicated do wish they would be you know, left alone with this stuff because they have other things to do. So, so, so regarding your point about the visionary view, I think there are people who have it and have discussed this stuff far out and wide and whatnot, but they are, they're somewhat removed from the day-to-day operations of the marketing functions in particular. But I don't know. So that's it. That was our sort of observation roundup. Do you want to like list the points again? I'll list the points again, and then if you, I tell this to you now because I this is not in the notes, and I've come up with it. I'll share my perspective on a recommendation, and <coughs> you, you can have one if you want to. Like, what do we do with those now? Would be I'll try to answer that in a bit. But first, let's recap. So we said marketing remains a support function. Sigh, right? That's in part because the marketing there's no one pushing the marketing transformation in the marketing functions by and large. And apologies to all listeners who are pushing for it. I know you are. So that's the broader industry. That's why, meanwhile, like, meanwhile, the pressure for success is growing. We could say it's at the high point, I don't know, right, of the past years. Channels are getting saturated, so cutting through the noise gets more difficult. No one's fully digital yet, meaning firms are struggling to provide memorable digital experiences, and they're struggling to, you know, fix the leaks in their funnels and have smooth handovers and have a good process that's properly tooled. Data remains a tricky issue. So that's our way of saying, yes, many firms have gotten better at it. People who didn't have a CRM three years ago now have one, all that type of stuff. But it's still lots of issues with it. And then AI makes everything more complicated, at least in the day-to-day. I dare say also on the leadership level, it's not quite clear where it's going, right? You made a few points around this. And if a listener were to ask me what to make of this or what to do about it, I would do the following things. I would forward this podcast to my leadership, shameless plug, no, present some of these points as the rationale for scheduling a meeting, and it could be a longer one, maybe half a day, to discuss, A, how can our marketing function become way more strategic and how can we invest in things like in in this firm's positioning differentiation these types of things um so we get uh you know downstream efficiencies and pricing power in the market and then the second half of the event i would try to discuss how can we at the same time leverage ai to take out cost and effort of the day-to-day stuff that still needs to happen i'm not saying have chat gpt write your linkedin posts but for sure 
these tools can do things today that can save you a lot of the time, which you can then reinvest in the more strategic stuff. I, I oversimplified this grossly, but I think, I don't want to fear monger or anything, but it is a bit of a watershed moment in several sectors. It is. It's essentially um, a So have that conversation. And I think... If you're not working in a hostile environment, which I, hopefully none of us are, hopefully, you're uh, but not, you're yeah. working, but you're working with smart people who do understand business strategy and have invested interest in the firm's long-term viability, you will be surprised by the positive reaction you can get if you present that type of pitch. Say, I think it's time we yeah. do a little bit of something about how we go to market and how we then operate the go-to-market as we've devised it. And all comes down to fixing all those points. Sorry, I've been going on forever. I don't know if you have a take on this, but I, that will be mine. I, I would largely agree with what you're saying here. The only thing is we need to be in a state where you're ready to handle the tools that you have and understand its strengths, its limits. And if you want to be an efficient marketer, it would be time for you to understand what you're using, what you should be using and what you shouldn't be using. So you can give the right advice to the business when they come to you and say, hey, we've got this, what should we do with it? No, that's not the approach. Like you basically need to go with ahead and say, this is the stuff that's there in the market. This is what we want to do with it. This is how you go about it. It's time to be more proactive. Hey, for the sake of your own careers, because if you're worried about redundancies and things, this is an important thing. And B, because you want to be ahead and on top of what's happening, not just like reacting to it. We're not marketing should never be a reactive function all the time. Sometimes, no. yes. And if you want to be proactive in terms of as a function, you have to be as an individual as well. That's my final word on that for now. I think this is 100% true and an exactly great, exactly a great. Great place to leave it is my yes. point. I that was interesting. I always like those, you know, review trendy observation things chat view. So thanks for that. Thanks to our yes, listeners thanks, for tuning in ahead of the heat wave or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure everybody's getting one, but we are getting one. I think sure. we're getting one in Europe. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I need to go run off and buy buy. I'm not buying water. We get that off the top, but I'm going to buy a huge strategic reserve of Radler. Do you know what that is? <laughs> yes. It's German I know. beer mixed I know with what Radler lemonade. Is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you get it in glass bottles and it is really refreshing. So I need to stock up on that. Good. Cool. Thanks. Have a great weekend eventually. I will stop the recording right now. Thanks for listening to Unbillable Hours. If you want more, tune in next week. You know where to find us. 